and welcome to Final Games, a podcast about the games that inspired us. I'm your host, Liam Edwards, and thank you for joining me for the 83rd time to banish another lovely video games person to a deserted place where they can only take eight games to play with them for the rest of their days. Joining me this week is the youngest person to ever appear on Final Games, and someone who has achieved so much already at such a young age that I feel totally guilty about already banishing them to a deserted place. I feel like I'm depriving the world of their talents too soon, as well as, of course, sentencing them personally to the Final Games banishment. But before all that, we must speak about my incredible guest this week, who in their short but wonderfully successful games career so far has already worn many hats. Starting out as an artist and as an illustrator, my guest attended the Savannah College of Art and Design for Sequential Art, but dropped out not too long after. This might have something to do with a certain Disneyland trip my guest went on with her friend Vernon Shaw, who you might know if you're a fan of the YouTube channel Game Grumps. On this trip, my guest and her friends discussed ideas of a fun game where all you got to do was go on dates with hot dads. And what if you were a hot dad yourself, dating said other hot dads? It was a magical idea that wouldn't leave my guest's mind, and with her friend Vernon, they developed ideas and storylines for their dad dating game, eventually pitching it to Game Grumps creator Aaron Hansen, who accepted it. Work then began on the smash hit dating game that became Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator. With this decision, my guest was thrown into the world of games development, and my guest acted as co-creator, co-writer, art director, and assistant director on the game. See, I told you, many hats. Dream Daddy released in July of 2017 worldwide to praise from both players and critics alike. It wasn't just a silly dating, uh, silly dating sim with a unique idea, but it was a seriously progressive and wonderful statement about being part of the LGBTQT community and how to fill a very distinct void in queer media. Creating content for the LGBTQT community has always been something my guest has been very vocal about. The success of Dream Daddy led to my guest appearing in the Forbes 30 under 30 list for 2017 and also led to her moving to work at Gone Home and Tacoma developer Fulbright, ran by former Final Games guest Steve Gaynor. Now there, she acts as art director for the studio. It's with great pleasure to welcome the youngest banisher ever, the wonderful and stylish Leighton Gray. Hello, Leighton. Hi. Wow. It's a lot. You, you know more about my life than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everything's correct, Leighton. You know I was panicking about that beforehand. No, that's spot. It's so correct that like I'm worried I'm recalling it incorrectly. <laughs> You're good. Thank you. It's very lovely to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for taking the time to do this. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm like really stoked to get banished to a deserted island because that's been my life goal, like my my greatest <laughs> hope and dream. It was. It's interesting because we were talking a little bit about, you know, you were very willing to answer this question about the existential crisis of the hypothetical deserted island. I wonder whether it was like making you panic about it becoming a real situation or it was something you were really looking forward to. It oh, no, like to, it's to, the, to be clear, like ex existential terror is my baseline. So doing it for a <laughs> podcast, just I mean, this is a typical Sunday night for me. My dog's here. I'm just like, hey, maybe you ever think about how we're all going to die and it doesn't matter. <laughs> she, you know, eats her toy. So she'll be she'll well, be the third special guest who you'll probably hear clicking around and like barking. Yes, we have dog. You said lovely dog ambience. We yeah, in the background today. It's basically ASMR. So you get two for the price I of one. You get a video games podcast and you get ASMR. Now I kind of feel bad, like I'm banishing both the youngest guest ever and also a dog. You monster. Yeah, now you're making me feel really bad about this situation. Ugh. I think we're gonna have to call it there <laughs> uh, well you know it's been fun 
<laughs> it's been fun indeed. But before before we send you off on your uh, voyage to the deserted place, we have to have some fun first talking about you and the eight games that you've chosen for today's show. So before we get into the eight games, let's, you know, talk about yourself and sort of how it's been going. Obviously, last year you released the wonderful uh, Dream Daddy. And basically... Let's talk about one how you sort of got into that going, and basically how it's been going since then. Where um, would you like to start, Layton? Let's start with Disneyland um, because that kind of seems I, like the genesis of the, the whole thing. Yeah, that's the fabled tale, right? That's the uh, the beginning of everything. Yes, which I've had to tell this tale many times, and for everyone who's already apologize. heard this story, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> for everyone who's heard it like thirty times out of my mouth, uh, it's not changing. But um, yeah, so I was just on a trip to LA to visit a friend and like work on a comic. And then it turned into like, I guess we're making a video game now. <laughs> and I suppose... Very quickly that, right? It, yeah, it was like, I was on, I was in LAX two days later when Vernon texted me like, hey, I just like lightly pitched the idea to the grumps and they're super into it. Do you want to make it? And I was like, wait, I thought this, I thought we were doing a bit. Like, you were serious? <laughs> um... <laughs> And then I realized, like, I guess I was serious also, so we should do it. And then we did it. And that part's not very interesting, but doing it, you know, year and a half. Uh, we did it, and then we had to delay it, and then it came out. Um, and you, but you say delay it, but you, you, delay it in video game terms means, like, six months. You guys yes. delayed it for, like, five days. Yes. Which is basically a minimal amount of time possible to delay a video game probably the shortest delay ever in video game history maybe yes um probably the least amount of sleep i've gotten in any sort of five day span yeah uh i can't imagine but yeah you did release it in july of last year and it's safe to say it just blew up obviously with you know it being attached to the Game Grumps and stuff like that. It was already, I want to say, destined for some sort of blow-up. Dadston. But it was like... It was, oh. It's Dadston. Yeah, okay. It's late. It's late. It's morning for you. The, that was... I'm at, that was, that, I'm at, I'm at I'm the, the end of the pun that. supply for the day. No, I'm still going to allow that. I feel like you've spent your, your whole past two years writing like dad-based puns and musical-based puns that maybe you'd gotten all of them out of your system, but it's good to see that you're still rolling with them. Yeah, they're a part of me now. Unfortunately, <laughs> do you have people like run up to you and like just shout puns at you? I wish if anybody oh. sees me, you have full clearance to do that, and I'll be really and confused could, and probably frightened. You could write them down a little notepad for the next game, just like I'm gonna keep this one. I'm gonna keep this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I think I'd be good if next game does not have any puns in it. Like they're great. I've just kind of reached a saturation point. Says the lady who just... <laughs> Listen! <laughs> just I'm, a, I'm a complex woman. <laughs> we're full but of yeah, multiplicities. Okay, so, we're, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was dad's, dad's... Dad's... I can't even say it. I can't even say it. It was destined for some sort of blur, but it definitely took on a life of its own, became very much its own thing that even now... I still see fan art and like tributes to it and stuff like that come across my Twitter feed like at least weekly and stuff like that. How has it been since the release, which is, you know, just over a year ago now? Wild, uh, terrifying, amazing, scary, good. 
Um, it's it's been really. I mean, like I don't know. It's really difficult to describe something that like completely upheaves your entire life in a good way. Yeah, um, and I'm very grateful Forever, for it. Like, <laughs> yeah, great. yeah, going from being like a broke, extremely depressed art school student to broke, extremely depressed art school student who made a hit game is like uh, <laughs> really intense. And then moving cross country was also really intense, and kind of enter- entering um, just game development as a whole. Uh, when that's not really what I was planning on doing, uh, yeah. h- has been very strange and uh, really lovely. Like it's, I, I'm so glad that this is where I stumbled into. Like I find it absolutely fascinating as someone who is 28 and who I worked on. You know, I worked on a big game. I worked on GTA 5 back in the day, but I was still like 23 then and. I was still, like, learning, and I was still a wee young boy, that kind of thing. Like, I hope it doesn't sound patronizing in any way, but you are very young, and everything that you've achieved I find absolutely incredible. And the way you've handled it, and especially when I hear you talk on stuff, I think it was when I listened to, you know, Steve's Tone Control uh, show with your episode. I listened to it last year when I was back in the UK. After the release of the game, you... For such a young person who has taken on such an undertaking with, you know, a game that just blew up, I think it's incredibly wonderful and fascinating how you've dealt with everything and been able to just eloquently talk about every facet of it and also the aspects of it to do with LGBTQ, which can be very difficult on the internet considering the, the people out there. I feel like... You've done a wonderful job with that. Thank you. I try really hard, and um, it's... I don't know, man. Like, it's a lot. You were 21 at m- one point. I um... Yeah, and, I, like, that's the thing, is when I think back to when I was, like, 20, 21, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, like, skipping university lectures to play Yakuza 3 and to play Mario Kart Wii. And I was writing video game reviews for, like, websites for free. I was, like, doing nothing with my existence. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was doing nothing, Leighton, okay? So that's what, that's what, and the way I think about my mindset back then compared to now, like, <laughs> I couldn't have done what you did. It was incredible. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I guess um, the other side of the story is that, like, it kind of dream daddy coming out and doing well kind of broke my brain a little bit i mean i guess my yeah. brain was like always already kind of previous predisposed to being broken but oh my dog has found a chew toy we've got our fourth special guest can i have this back <laughs> can i have this back thank you thanks Are you want something that doesn't sweet she's just staring at me resentfully she wants me to go to the island um but yeah, the the other less fun side of it is that like behind you know saying big words on podcasts, I uh, just ha- kind of had a rough time um, suddenly having everyone kind of looking at and talking about a thing that I spent kind of a year and a half completely consumed by. Yeah, uh, things are good now. Uh, it's just taken some time to get used to the whole thing. <laughs> to digest everything and yeah, because it's so- the understanding of like. I am still a fucking idiot. I just have uh, good opportunities and can occasionally turn the fucking idiot, uh, can act like I am less of a fucking idiot. So it's good. 
And, well, I mean, you know, having done that and to where you are now, you are now working at Fulbright alongside some very talented people, including former guests of this show, Steve Gaynor and Nina Freeman. Um, how's that been going then? I'm very excited because I imagine you're working on something that none of us know about. But how is that going? It's going great. I'd be more specific, but you'd have to cut it out. Yes. Um, it's... I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to put you in any position. Tell me all your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's actually a uh, battle royale <laughs> style. You know, Fulbright does battle royale. It's uh, a lot of you know scrapping to the environment to, you know, fight against other. I remember that very serious battle royale game, Gone Home. I yeah. That. Oh my gosh. That was, where that where was we drop smash. the boys? The attic is where we're dropping. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's really great um it is a dream come true to uh work with uh, the creators of one of my favorite games ever and something that was like really influential to me and mm. um yeah I, I i the thing that we are working on without saying anything about it could not be more up my alley um so it's just like here's all this stuff that i'm interested in in my spare That's time great to hear. and that i spend a lot of time reading about and now i just get to use it for work and it's great and uh as art director, I'm really excited about where we're taking it aesthetically, and oh, bless you, maybe. So, so how did that come about then? Because I, <laughs> I, I don't entirely understand whether you're still attached to like the Dream Daddy stuff, and like you still, yeah, you know, are doing like DLC on that, and like that's still like its own studio under the Game Grumps, and you're still a part of that while also doing the Fulbright stuff. How did how has that all come about, and how are you balancing the two? Uh, it's a balance. I'm very tired. Um, and I'm happy that I'm doing it. It is really like spinning a thousand plates at once. And, um, just, just kind of ready to, I, I, I just kind of want to like rent a cabin in the woods and stare at a wall for a week. But that is not to say that I don't extremely enjoy everything that I'm doing. Um, it's amazing. And the way that the Fulbright job came about was I got lunch with Steve at GDC and he was asking me like, you were an art director what what was like the hiring like how what would you look for in a good art director and i was like answers emails on time and then you know we we stopped having lunch or we finished the lunch it's not like we got up and left um we finished having the lunch and then later he was like hey i don't know why it didn't occur to me to ask you if you wanted the art director job and i was like yes let's did you do answer that. the email on time oh you know i did <laughs> oh there you go perfect um, Yes. And so I instantly got the job because I answered it on time. It was a test, a test of my own design. <laughs> now I had to do an art test and the art test was really fun. Um, and now I work there and uh, I am, I, I, because I'm telecommuting because they're based in Portland. Um, I work out of the Grumps office during the day and uh, kind of squeeze in working on uh, Dream Daddy localization and the comic book series and all the other fun stuff that we're doing with those dads. So you're still based in the Grumps office, doing Fulbright work and Dream Daddy work. Yes, everyone at Fulbright loves the backgrounds of uh, my Skype calls, which are just screaming <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you can just hear Aaron and Dan going off on one with all hosts of manner of YouTube guests coming in and out. That's quite incredible. Yes, it's a little chaotic. <laughs> it can be a bit much. but uh, Which doesn't surprise me because I met Aaron. I bumped into Aaron this just this week. Uh, at Tokyo Game Show, I have just got back from Tokyo Game Show. I also, like Leighton, I'm suffering from a lack of sleep and being very exhausted. But I did bump into Aaron, and he is the sweetest, quietest guy. 
Yes, a hundred percent. He is very, very sweet and very, I want to say mild. Like he's kind of, like he's just floating about. He's, he's very, yes, everyone. he's very chill and he's very like deeply thoughtful and kind yes. and considerate. And uh, yeah. it's just a real treat. I mean, everyone at the office is like that. Um, everyone's a lot more chill than you would expect them to be. That said, still exactly a lot of screaming. All that. <laughs> well, well, you you can cut this out, but I got to tell my dog to stop eating the carpet. Stop. Leave stop. It. I kind of just want to leave that in now. Okay. Maybe do you like video games? I know you don't. You're a dog. Okay. I, I, she, she keeps bringing up toys to me. It's like, why won't you play with me? Play with me. <laughs> oh, she's just so upset. She, she's trying to eat my headphone cord. Anyway, we're doing a thing. Maybe it's okay. Don't, don't, please don't bite me. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we'll try. The dog will have to do without you on the deserted island. She'll live. My carpet but might spe- not live, but you know, she will. Speaking, speaking of like staring at a cabin wall for a few hours, you can kind of do that forever now because... We should get ready to send you on your way to a deserted island. Hell yeah, I'm stoked about it. This is actually my dream vacation. Don't um, worry, because we can we can get into the, the the whole logistics of the situation and where you're gonna go and all that kind of stuff in a in a little while. But first, we okay. sort of have to jump into the eight games that you've chosen about because I'm I'm sure everyone's dying to kind of hear what kind of games you would be taking with you, considering the games that you've made and the sort of stuff that you're influenced by. So I think it's about time that we jump into the eight games. So let's yes, jump before, straight into... Before we Ooh. do that, I'm going to put Ooh. the dog on the other side because she is just really going at it. Hold on. Okay, dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice knowing you, dog. So jumping in to the first game on Layton's list, now we have dealt with the dog ambience and uh, we've said sayonara to the dog as we get Layton ready to go on her adventure to the deserted place with the first game that she's going to be taking with her, which is a game all about animals, surprisingly, that we just dealt with one and now we're going to deal with some more. Um, Oh, he didn't like that. She didn't like that, maybe. He or she she didn't like that. She's not stoked on it. She didn't like that I was talking about other animals other than her. (laughs) She gets jealous very easily. Honestly, she looks just like K.K. Slider. She's got the eyebrows. Really? Yeah. She's got big circular angry eyebrows, which are funny. Um, Even though when she's like, she's very emotive. Like when she's pissed, she's got eyebrows. Eyebrows. You know. Eyebrows bounce up and down. 
Well, that's perfect because the first game is a game developed by Nintendo EAD, directed by Hisashi Nogami and uh, produced by Katsuyaguchi. It is the wonderful first incarnation of the handheld version of the Animal Crossing series. I'm so sorry. It's okay. The dog just wants to be a part of everything. Eventually, you're going to hear her do like a... And that's when she gives up on the barking. And it's the most Aww. heartbreaking sound in the world. Oh. Well, she'll be happy to know that this game released in November of 2005 for the DS. It is Animal Crossing Wild World. So, Leighton, why is the first game that you're taking with you Animal Crossing Wild World? I have a question for you before I answer that question. Yes. What percentage of guests have named at least one of the Animal Crossing games on their eighth? I'm going to say we're going to be in like the 40% maybe. Interesting. I would have guessed higher. We've had... I think we've had Wild World once, other one other oh. time. Obviously, you can imagine New Leaf is the most popular. Um, we've had really? the first Animal Crossing, and then we've also had what was the Wii one called? City Folk. City Folk. Yeah, we had City, City Folk. Folk. Oh, no judgment. I, I said that in a judgy way. I did not mean that. It was very judgy. judgy. <laughs> that was very judgy. City Folk but is fine. Have... You want to go buy your own shoes? It's okay. I support yeah. you. <laughs> we haven't had the spinoffs. We, of course, we haven't had Amiibo Festival because no one wants that garbage. Yeah. And uh, Happy, Home Desi- Happy Home Designer has not appeared as of yet. It could do. Maybe someone who's super into clothes, you know, and, and super into making houses for people and all that kind of stuff. But we've had New Leaf a lot. But Wild World doesn't come up that often. So I'm very intrigued to know why you would take Wild World over, like, New Leaf. Yes. Um, I say that like with the volume, like I'm going to talk over my dog barking. Uh, Wild World was one of the first, um, I I guess before I was coming on the show, I was like, oh God, it's going to be obvious how old I am really quickly (laughs) just because of all my picks (laughs) and the fact that like, I was pretty young when I got Animal Crossing Wild World. And that is like a big childhood game for me. Um, and I played the first one right, um, on my Wii because they can do GameCube games. Uh, but Wild World just has a soft spot for me. Um, I think partially just because it's portable uh, versus the GameCube one, where it's sort of like, oh, I have this beautiful little animal oasis in my pocket that I can pull out any time that I want, and then get yelled at my gra- by my grandparents or parents for playing Nintendo at the table. So I really like that one. I think it has like a charm that um, New Leaf, which I feel like improves on a lot of the mechanical aspects of the game, like it just feels a little dead to me. Um, <laughs> Intriguing. <laughs> but I don't know if that's because New Leaf came out when I was much older, and that by the time that I played it, I was like, what, man? I, I have, like, real things that I have to pay for, and I'm playing them. I'm, I'm just, like, selling my soul to Tom Nook, and this isn't... Because as a child playing Animal Crossing, it's like, wow, I get to pretend to have a house and be an adult and have friends and go fishing. Like, that feels very adult. <laughs> And um, I think with by the time New Leaf came out, it was just like, the dream is dead, art is dead, everything's a lie. Um, I don't <laughs> trust capitalism. So um, it, like, I think I really miss, uh, in Wild World, like animals would just come up to you and be like, hey, how do you like your pasta? And then you're like, I don't know, al dente? And they're like, great, here's a couch. <laughs> but I feel like every time I play New Leaf, it's just everybody wants something from you and that's a little bit too much like real life. Yeah, I'm not as into it. I, I just kind of appreciated sort of the like prosaicness of Wild World. I feel like the the your dog barking in the background is a very apt description of like the villagers just wanting stuff from you all the time. Yeah, though. 
Yeah, she's like, hey, will you catch me a mackerel that's not even in season right now? <laughs> will she buy you a couch? Uh, she better after ruining my old one. <laughs> Hold on, I have like a little thunder jacket that I can put on her that she hates very much, but she might stop barking. But only because it's hard for her to get it off. It's like putting a ah. jacket on. So I'm going to give that a shot. Let's see. Let's see how that works out. So it's weird because like Wild World is kind of the odd one out for me personally. I didn't really? play Wild World. I kind of just jumped straight from the GameCube one to New Leaf and skipped over City Folk and, and Wild World a little bit. What it, You said it's like a little dead. Why specifically do you feel that? It, you know, it has very, like, this, the same villagers and, you know, is mechanically a little better. Is it just because of the whole, like, being the mayor, having a job? No, I think it's just the disillusionment of adulthood versus, like, childish naivety. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's certainly a me problem and not a the game problem. So, do you feel that if you went back and played Wild World, you might see some of that? That you do in New Leaf, you might see that again in Wild World if you haven't played it for a long time. Oh no, like I played New Leaf for a really long time and then I just went back to exclusively playing Wild World. Um, ah, okay. So it's not that, it's not like it's super, you know, oh, I haven't played this in a while. I have fond memories. It's like, oh no, this is like something I consistently go back to anyway. Yeah, yeah, every once in a while. I mean, the way I play Animal Crossing or, like, literally any video game is that I'll be really, really into it for, like, two weeks, and then yeah. I don't touch it for eight months. Um, Yay, that's like me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I can't sustain that level of interaction with a piece of media. Like, I need some gestation time of just being like, okay. So well, true. Uh, I just sank I, so much time into that. And, yeah, it's right. like, recently I sank a lot of time into Spider-Man, and I haven't finished it, and now I'm kind of like, well, I'll probably just wait a while. Yeah. Like I don't I don't really want to go back to it. I kind of want to move on now. Yeah, like you got what you wanted out of the experience and you're like, all right, good, I'm done. Like the number I of do games feel that I've just that played. Yeah, like 75% of, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm good on this. Yeah, I had my experience and yeah. I'm happy. I'll finish it someday. Especially yes. if I get, you know, deserted on a deserted island. Mm. That would be very helpful. Then I have no choice. I just finish everything. Yeah, and I think being stuck on a deserted island would, like, kind of preclude my natural inclination to time travel in Animal Crossing, because I've always, I always have been and will continue to always be a huge cheater. And, <laughs> you know, if you want to binge Animal Crossing, it's kind of hard to do that, where you're just going through one day. And maybe you can, but um, I'll just, I'm I'm a filthy cheater. And when I was a kid, I would read those creepypastas that are like, if you time travel too much, everyone in the town is going to like move to the top of the town and they're going to attack you. And like their eyes are going to be blood red because that's how it is in every creepypasta. Um, did you believe it? Yes. Uh, I remember one morning it was it? like, <laughs> no, I didn't try because I didn't want to lose my damn villagers. <laughs> there was one morning where I was up really early because I would always wake up before school to play video games. And uh, I got the UFO for the first time. And I lost my shit because my entire childhood I was deathly afraid of aliens. Thanks to my parents for making me watch science too young. Um, and then I put it away and I did not touch it for a while. So there was a lot of like superstition wrapped up in Animal Crossing. And I blame the internet. So having that happen definitely would fuel believing in any sort of creepypasta then. Yes. I was like, creepypasta. I love it. <laughs> so 
with the content that's available in like Animal Crossing Wild World, do you feel like it would last you being stuck on a deserted island? Would you 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 said that you maybe you'd stop cheating? Would you just play it the normal way and make it last as long as possible? Just checking yeah. in now and again. Yeah, because like with, how everyone's with doing. no human interaction, uh, it would be like yeah, I get to you know do my rounds around my town and do some fishing and pick some fruit and. So yeah, I I, we, I would like to drill down on the rules of this thing a little bit. Okay. So what are what are my rations like? Do I have to forage for my own food? What's the environment like? What's the living situation? Am I you know in the middle of the woods, but there's just a TV there or a DS and like that's well, it? Well, it's very funny you say that because we should move on to the next game because before we talk about the next game, we have to talk about the island in which we're going to send you. So why don't we listen to some music from the next game? Which is a game also about foraging for food and making your own and sort of building your own place to build up from nothing. I literally forgot what I put on the list, so this will yeah. be a fun surprise for you. Well me done. Also. Perfect segue. So let's listen to some very chill music from the next game, and let's, of course, dive into all of those questions and more on the next game. So before we jump into the second game on Leighton's list, we have to talk about the island and the place we're going to send her. So Leighton, you may not have known this before, and this may be why you're asking so many questions, but it's because you get to decide where it is you're going to be stranded. Now, the rules are it has to be a place from video games. It has to be a, a, an environment or a place from a video game or a video game series with the caveat that, of course, it is deserted. So there are no people. There are no NPCs to help you out. There's no one to, you know, ship you off back home. Uh, and also, if you choose a place that maybe has dangerous wildlife, you might have to be a little careful. All right. Just like if you landed on a deserted island on the Earth, there could be dangerous wildlife there as well. So you might need to think about it a little bit. But... You get to decide. So how much food is there and how much, you know, foraging you'll have to do may solely come down to your decision about where it is you go. But, you know, I'm a nice guy. I'll help you out. I'll send you some boxes of food and stuff. Okay, so this is fully a hell of my own design. Yes. Mm. The less blame put on me, the better. Mm, yes, okay. Yes, I'm culpable for this. Uh, I think... Maybe just because we are on the game uh, that I would pick the location from uh, is Stardew Valley. Whatever. I forget what my uh, farm is named. Uh, it's Honeyberry Farm. Honeyberry Farm. Lovely. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's just the whole deal with the game. Normally I would name it something stupid, but I, you know, it's a hallowed ground. That's my Stardew Valley <laughs> safe. Like, gotta keep it pure. Um, and being that as it may, I can cook my own stuff and I get to, you know, be the grizzled old, like, farming lady uh, in the woods that all the kids are afraid of. <laughs> um I mean, obviously, there are no kids to be afraid of me, but there the, are no kids. There's you know, no the, one to the, give the gifts hallucinations to. of children that I have from being away from people for so long. <laughs> they're all very frightened of me. When you've just reason. full, full on embraced the insanity of being alone for so long. Yeah, because the real, the real like quandary here is: what eight games do I want to hate intensely for the rest of my life <laughs> and resent just forever? Um, because, like, you know, I. The, the U.S. Office was one of my favorite shows growing up. I've rewatched that show so many times that I cannot fucking stand it. I hate it so much. Um, I've probably watched. Don't the entire... say that because Peep Show, the UK comedy Peep Show, is my favorite TV show of all time, mm. and I have rewatched that maybe nine times now, and I'm still not sick of it. So I'm like fearing the day that that becomes a problem. Oh, it happens, and now oh, it just no. like incites ah. this frothing rage inside of me every time it, it's on screen. Especially Jim and <laughs> Pam. Like I will go off on a whole podcast about how Jim and Pam are officially the worst TV couple of all time. But that's a that's a conversation for another podcast. And yes. thankfully, being stuck on this My island. My spinoff show. <laughs> what what TV show would you like on your deserted island to hate? Uh, Lost but we might is as well the jump into answer. the next game. Yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> but we might as well jump into the next game then because we are on it. So yeah. we're sending you away to Honey Honeyberry Farm. Sure, yeah, Honeyberry Farm. Okay, so are we going like year one? So you have to start everything, or year two? So you know you've got some stuff to build on, or where where what kind of time frame? You know what? Are... If I'm doing this for the rest of my life, I want to start from scratch because if I start where I am now and I have like the horse and shit and I feel too OP and it's like, you know, I've got too many things unlocked for it to actually be fun because I get everything done in like five minutes. I'm like, great. What do I do with the rest of the five minutes? Um, but the rest of the five minutes is like the rest of my life. So <laughs> I, I would like to start a farm from scratch. Like I just want to toil in the sun and get a really gnarly sunburn. Uh, so yeah, like very beginning, my grandfather has okay. just died. So <laughs> not only are you going to be creating a farm in real life on your deserted place, the Honeyberry Farm, yeah. but also you're going to be creating one virtually. But you'll have the uh, the gift of those townspeople to you know s spend some virtual time gifting them s inane stuff to make them like you. Yeah. Um, but the next game you are taking with you is a game developed by Concerned Ape, uh, Eric Barone. Published by Chucklefish, it released on Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch recently, and all kinds of other platforms. Back in February of 2016, I can't believe it's already been over two years since Stardew Valley released. Uh, there's a multiplayer uh, mode, a cooperative multiplayer mode coming soon in 2018, hopefully. But it is the indie farming simulator based on Harvest Moon. It's Stardew Valley. Layton, why are you taking Stardew Valley, and now do you regret both farming in real life and farming virtually. You know what? I think having um, the virtual version of the space and the real world version of the space, I could use it as like a floor plan for my real life farm. Ah, um, so like, practical like reasons. Architectural blueprints to test yes. out. Yes. Because I already use like graph paper to plot out my farm. Um, so I imagine I won't have graph paper on the island. And then, you know, I get to kind of in real life visit the 
uh, empty homes where all my friends should be, which I, this, this is just, this just gets sadder and sadder. Do I, am I allowed to have real life chickens and cows and such, or do they not exist? Um, are you a vegetarian? No. Okay. So, you know, you're going to have to kill these chickens yourself. Yeah. Is that something you're okay with? Wait, who says I'd, be... wait, hold on. Who says I'd be killing them though? Well, Am I not just harvi- harvesting? I can live on up eggs. Eggs are great. Really? For the rest of your days? Just eggs and vegetables? Well, what, what is the other Don't option? Little... Like, okay, here is Don't chicken. Don't want a little bit of white beef. meat? I mean, I maybe, maybe I'll kill one every once in a while. Just like, oh, I'm really putting on the Ritz tonight. It's just me and virtual Stardew Valley and real Stardew Valley and this chicken who is my friend who I've named and known be, for years and yeah, I just had to kill him. That's and also the other feasting problem. Feasting on his def- body. I was definitely thinking of it in a Wilson kind of manner. Like you would mm. definitely give them names and develop friendships with them, especially if you are, you know, isolated on a deserted island. Yeah, I, I, I remember I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine when I got most of my uh, animals for my farm initially. And so like, I can't remember, uh, there's one that's like, Terry C, and then there's Andy Samby. So, like, I don't think I can <laughs> kill Sambi. and eat Andy, Andy Samby. Yeah, I don't think so. I love Andy Samberg, so I couldn't kill it anyway. I know. And I'm sure I'd just stare at him all day and be like, it would be great if you could tell a joke or sing to me or something, because I'm <laughs> really losing my shit, look, Andy Samby. You could recreate Brooklyn Nine-Nine episodes <laughs> with them. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I could totally do that. Um so aside from the chicken death and all that kind right. of stuff that's going to be going on in your island, why is it that you would take Stardew Valley with you as one of the games that you could play? Um, I think I would ultimately end up restarting it several times. I think just uh, I'm picking a lot of Sims for this round of eight games just because I feel like there is that uh, you could play feasibly play them for a very long time and kind of be projecting your own uh, kind of role-playing stuff on top of it. Yeah. Um, and also it's just super soothing. And even if I wasn't playing it, I'm assuming I'm not allowed to have any music that is not diegetic within the games on this island. So just throw no, that in the background. A lot of people sometimes choose just one choice just so they can put it on in the background and have that music as like a jukebox. So. Oh, gosh, people are getting practical. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's yeah. probably most of these games, though. Like, I, I've, I've picked some good uh, musically strong ones, but... Yeah, I think so, yeah. Same for Animal Crossing. Yeah, I, I would end up hating the songs very quickly, but you know what? It's dire circumstances. <laughs> it's, the, it's the office all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be 2 a.m. and I'm hearing that Animal Crossing theme. I'm like, God damn it, this drives me up the wall. <laughs> I just want to kill K.K. Slater already. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing how the correlation between your in-game Stardew Valley farm is working out and how your real farm is yeah. that going? I'm, I'm going to have to check in every now and again. Some, yeah, I'm probably taking out some real world frustrations out on virtual Stardew Valley. Uh, or vice versa, maybe. I get the feeling it would be very confusing. And, you know, 20 years in, I might be a little... Not be, not being able to tell the difference between the two. So... <laughs> I mean, it basically turns into an augmented Just walking reality. around with, like, Switch Joy-Cons while you're actually just, like, digging holes into the ground <laughs> in your real farm. Yeah. Just like, which one is this again? Is this the real one? I don't even know anymore. Oh, you know what? Is this a real chicken? If I'm in Stardew Valley, I can at least have, like, coffee. I can make wine. I can have nice jams. You know, there's, like, options for food. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like you've done pretty smart so far. A lot of people have chosen some smart choices about where, you know, where they're going to go. But having an actual farm for you to control and make your own goods and your own, like, produce is, yeah, is a pretty smart way of doing this. access to water. And, you know, every yeah. time I play Stardew Valley, I'm just like, I should just sell everything I own and go start a farm. Because I'm sure it's just as easy as it is to do in this game, in real life. So now if I'm in a position <laughs> where it's forced... And I'm just completely solitary. Yeah, that sounds great, honestly. Well, you can take <laughs> it with you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there looking in now and again to see how the farm's getting on. Is that mm. cool? Yes. So is this a Truman Show sort of situation? Or are you like a, oh, an evil, wealthy, like whatever the opposite of a philanthropist is, just kind of lording <laughs> over, like, aha, I've got all these game developers and they're mm. stuck on their respective islands of their choosing. It's like I do soft. wonder. I, f I feel like I'm more like a DM, like I'm a weird dungeon master who controls many realms. But they're real people who are suffering. But they're real people insane. who are just in hypothetical places doing very mundane stuff like running farms. My yeah. my collection okay. is now at eighty three. We can we can. <laughs> you have a menagerie of game developers. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of people to do my bidding if I will. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Please don't think of me as a bad person. <laughs> I mm, promise I'm not. <laughs> 83 episodes in. <laughs> hey, all, hey, all, all I said is, all I sent is an email. You were the guy, you guys agreed to it. Okay? I did consent, like, yes. It, it's like, you know, that German uh, cannibal who like put out an ad to eat someone and then someone yes. signed up. It's kind of like that. You know? Yes, because Can't you know, the, the, guy, guy. the guy who got eaten is totally the one who got convicted for the murder. Well, he he's the one who died. I mean, he he gave he gave you're his di life. You're digging a hole, man. <laughs> Damn it! Let's move on. Let's move on very quickly to something that's lovely and beautiful and very positive that totally will take everyone's minds off uh, the fact that I'm a horrible dungeon master. Um, oh yeah, the fact that you're, you're snowballing into your complicity. You're just ah! you're just picking up larger and larger pieces oh, that are no, gonna stop it. Stop, stop having such a great segue. Let's listen to some music from the next game about rolling my destiny. Um, mm -hmm. And let's just jump straight into it. So before I get arrested and convicted for 83 different life sentences... And then shot uh, into space. Jump, and then shot into space or into my own realm of uh, choosing. And they close my magical Final Games book on me. So I can never I can never be released onto the world of specifically the video game industry. Just no other industry. Just this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
we can roll right into a new game that Layden is going to be taking with her. Now, although I live in Japan, I always confuse this title because I used to live in a place called Kamatamare. I used to live near a place called Kamatamare. So there have been times on the show when this game has come up that I've called it Kamatamare Damasi instead of Katamari Damasi. Which is the next game on Layton's list, which is a game developed by Namco, who are now Namco Bandai, directed by the wonderful Takahashi Keita. It's a game that released back in 2004 for the PlayStation 2 and has now uh, been announced uh, to be re-released as Katamari Damasi re-roll for the Nintendo Switch, which I totally got to play last week at the Tokyo Game Show. Wow. And it's as fun as always. Yeah, it's it's still fun. It still has some, you know, of the game's quirks and works very nice with the Joy-Cons. But the next game that Leighton is going to be taking with her is Katamari Damasi. Leighton, why is it going with you? Well, I think, you know, if I'm somehow trapped on this magical Stardew Valley island, I think another stipulation should be that um, my really bad motion sickness is cured. Uh, because... <laughs> okay, we, we can fix that. Yeah, great. That's a good trade-off. Because I can't play this game anymore because I get horribly motion sick. And that sucks because it's one of my favorites ever. And um, I would just love to be able to roll things up again. The music is amazing. I will totally toss it on in the background while I'm farming crops or, you know, crying or something. Um, (laughs) And I love the art direction. It's really solid. And it's just like the most satisfying. It's like ASMR the game. Yes. I, I can I can dig that. That's true. And yeah. also, you can, you know, it could be like one of those jukebox titles. Yeah. Just, you know, while you're staring at your cabin wall and just have it on in the background. Yeah, it's lovely. And uh, yeah, I the convention that I actually met my writing partner and Dream Daddy's co-creator, Vernon Shaw, uh, I met him at MAGFest a while ago, I forget what year, but the first thing that I went to during that convention was a panel with the composers and, like, I think maybe the creators of the game, and um, at the end everyone in the audience got to sing the theme song together and I bawled like a small child, and it was beautiful. It's incredible how this game got started. I don't know if you know. No, I don't think I do. Knows. So, basically, um, there's a guy called Iwatani Toru, who was the head of R&D at Namco at the time, and he's, he basically stated that uh, Katamari resulted from uh, Keita Takahashi's school project for, like, this game laboratory that was sponsored by Namco. So, he, like, Takahashi Keita was, like, making, like, his final theses or something, and, like, that idea was what came out of it. And they were like, hey, that sounds cool. So they threw, like, a million dollars at it, which is, like, you know, super low budget for a video game. And then in like two years or so, they just developed this game that made way more money than it <laughs> was made for and kind of solidified uh, Kater as like this really cool game designer, <laughs> basically just because he was doing a school project. Wow. That's really great. That makes me very happy for them. So now he's like uh, doing, what's his new game? Watam? I forget, I, I forget if that's the correct name, but he's making a new game called Watam now. And he lives over in L.A., Oh, wow. Actually. So you might see him about at some point. Wow, so if I ever see a guy like, just rolling a really large ball yeah, trying to collect like, other objects. You'd oh, be like, no. you're the guy who causes me motion sickness. Yeah. 
Oh, that, him from that was just the like the, the saddest development for me of just like, I already, you know, I like to play video games to relax. And I yeah. know that that's not everybody's thing. And, uh, you know, when I come home from work and I just want to chill out, you know, after spending all day thinking about video games, I kind of just want to like, yes, not think about video games, or if I'm yes. doing it something that's like, very low key and chill. Um, but now, like, so many more games are just kind of closed off to me, like, tank controls especially, I have a really hard time with, like, it's difficult for me to not get super barfy. So, um, I love Mm. that the, uh, like, a lot of things in this industry that I work in, (laughs) I cannot engage with, because it will make me vomit, which is Do you know what game gives, I don't get motion sickness very often, um, very, very rarely, actually, but I, (laughs) there is one I mean, we don't have to brag about it. No, but there is one game that triggers it almost like immediately, and I don't. I still can't lay a finger on why specifically it's that game. It's Half Life Two. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know whether it's the bobbing motion of the way Freeman moves in that game. The bobbing with, like, will do it. Yeah, I was. I, playing, just, I remember um, playing it one day and being like, "Oh my god!" Like I feel incredibly sick now. And then I tried to play it again not that long ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, I feel sick again." What is going on? <laughs> Yeah, it's, I was playing um, Virginia recently, which every single time that you open a door, like, your little dude or lady looks down at the hand that's opening the door and then back up. And I'm sure there's, like, a good technical reason why that's a thing. But every single time that happened, it was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, so I didn't get very far into that game. Lovely, lovely art direction, though. Um, so if we can cure your motion sickness, which yes. I definitely have the power to do, no doubt. Um. This, you have no problem with taking this game then? Yes, I'm 100% cool with it. Um, have you played any of the, like, follow-up games? You know, Beautiful Katamari, love, uh, We Love Katamari, and stuff like that? No, Did I haven't. Did you a chance to play all Because that? by the time, it was about, like, uh, when I was finishing up the game, like, I was really struggling with the last level because that was when uh, I started getting super motion sick. And I was like, no, just let me beat the game. Just just let <laughs> me get to this last just, level. Just, like, vomiting into a bucket and also <laughs> playing at the same time. I'm just gonna like, do I'm this. the last of the buildings. Come on. <laughs> um, so, no, I have not ventured into any of the other ones, but I think I might suck it up or just buy, like, a lot of Dramamine. Um, before the Switch one comes out, which is between <laughs> Animal Crossing 2019 and uh, Katamari Reroll, I'm, I'm going to be forced to buy a Switch. Even though I have played it, um, I because I don't suffer from motion sickness that badly, I cannot tell you whether they fixed that or not. I'm sorry. I mean, I think it's just kind of inherent within the design that it's like, you're rolling around, there's a lot of camera angle changes, it's deeply disorienting. Um, it's very disorientating. So yeah. In, the, in this other life, in this Stardew Valley honeyberry farm, you know, growing a long beard and slowly losing my mind. Sure. Yes. Let's roll. Well, you can take it with you and risk the motion sickness. I promise I'll do my best to cure it. But if I can't, I mean, you you chose it. This is a weird is... captor hostage situation. I, like we're I making know, right? deals I, about my medical conditions. I'm trying to be nice. Mm. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm doing my best to accommodate the, you in in this situation that I have to go through. These maybe, extremely specific maybe parameters. Knows, maybe nobody knows, but maybe I have a gun pointed to my head by some other mysterious benefactor who is making me do this to everyone. Ah, uh, so you're just following orders. Maybe. Maybe. <sighs> Yikes. <laughs> but speaking of following orders, speaking God. of following orders, like the... Uh, 
what are they called in this next game? I forget what they're called. Those the uh, the wardens. Like yes, that's yeah, the thing. That, that that's game. what they're called, right? Yeah, the Grey Wardens. The Grey Wardens, yes. They have to go through that horrible trial. Yes. Oh, are yes. you going to make me drink blood too? No, no, I won't make you do that. Uh-huh. That's gross. Okay. Uh, I'm not, not going to make you do that. Your vomit from Katamari is enough for me. I'm out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but we should move on to the next game. And the next game is a game I also love. I haven't played it in a long time, but a game I very, very much enjoyed my time with. So let's listen to some very epic and wonderful RPG music from the next game. And let's, of course, dive straight into it. Diving into the next game on Layton's list then is an RPG game developed by BioWare and published by EA. It's the first game in the Dragon Age franchise and it released for Windows, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 back in November of 2009. Crazy to think this game is almost 10 years old, uh, which makes me feel incredibly old. But it was a game uh, directed by Dan Tudge and produced by Mark Dara and that wonderful uh, team over at BioWare. It did incredibly well for a new IP. It is, of course, Dragon Age Origins. Layton, why is this the next game that's going with you? It's probably one of my favorite games of all time, uh, like a lot of the um, choices on here. It's also very long. It's it's a real long game. <laughs> and uh, I think with the different origin stories and all the different options and side quests, I could get a lot of like hours out of this one. Um, Definitely. RPGs are always always good for this kind of thing, and you know yeah. there are many ways to replay them, and they're good choices, solid choices for this kind of situation. Yes, and um, Origins is my favorite out of the Dragon Age series, even though all of them have strong points and weak points. Um, normally, when I recommend the series to people who haven't played it, they're like, "Oh, I've seen the fan art; it looks cool." Like, I'm always like, "Just Origins is the best one, but do not play it first because <laughs> you're not going to play the rest of these if you play this one first. Um, I usually recommend they start with two and then go back to one and then go back to three. I'm not, I'm not a or big... Or just skip two. Or just skip two. Okay, so hot take. I really dislike Inquisition. Um, ah, to me, it's the weakest of the three. Um, but yeah, we can get into it. But we're talking about Origins, which, uh, I don't know, it's just really important to me and I love it. And I love the characters very much. And um, I remember just like probably one of the strongest emotional reactions I've had to a game because I was playing it with my high school boyfriend at the time. Um, and he was kind of guiding me through it after having played it himself. Um, and that's nice. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, but he like would not, 
this was just like a common theme where he just like wouldn't tell me if I was fucking up or like move me away from a bad option and so he would just let it happen and afterwards be like why did you let that happen and I was like well, I didn't know to be fair that's also nice I wouldn't I personally wouldn't want someone forcing me like telling me the bad choices because it kind of feels like well I know but he'd be like I don't know make the choice and then I'd make the no, choice that's and be good. like why that's did you I do that do. No, that's what I would do because, you know, you're, you've are you got to experience the story. Like if you're playing it the first time, like a Bioware intended. Yeah, He's not I, like, I oh, you need so. to choose this part because then this is the outcome. Or if you choose this one, then this is the outcome. No, I agree. I think that's the best thing to do. He was just a bit obnoxious about it. But anyway. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, just, I was romancing Alistair as a Dalish elf and I didn't harden him early in the game. Uh, and so by the time that we got to the lands meet, which I royally fucked up, he was like, yeah, so this can't be a thing. I remember just like yelling about it and then like (laughs) hurling a frozen quesadilla into the microwave and then taking it out and burning myself and throwing it again and being like, fuck this, I played this game for a month. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's part of why I was so angry because I was doing the lands meet and I was like, come come on, give me like a little bit of help here. And I was just doing literally everything (laughs) wrong. Um, okay okay so tensions were high uh was not too happy about that but uh otherwise i just uh yeah that game is very near and dear to my heart and i love the writing well, you and can... i love that it is the one out of the series where you have like way more options to explore dialogue because you don't have like the pre-recorded hawk voice like i would so much rather ha- take like the opportunity to have much deeper and longer conversations with more complex answers than have like voice acted hawk or Warden, or Inquisitor, or whatever else. Whatever else. Yeah, there is definitely... I don't want to say it's EA's influence, but there is definitely a more streamlined way they approach the Dragon Age series. Even when you go back to Inquisition, when they had this giant open world, in terms of, like, traditional RPG storytelling and stuff like that, it's all very streamlined. It's all very... I don't want to say by the numbers, but definitely triple A-ish. I also like, don't like the dialogue choices like kind of automatically being grouped into categories for you like Positive, that was negative neutral yeah, yeah that's what very, was so frustrating about effect <laughs> yeah what was so frustrating about playing dragon age 2 which i really love and to me at least has the best characters out of the series except for anders and meryl um fuck those guys they suck uh and that's a hot take can't wait to get tweets about that but um, <laughs> just like, I, I don't know, the feeling of camaraderie in that second one is really great. But I just know that uh, I'm picking Origins instead of two. Did I say Oranges? Dragon Age Oranges. Um, <clears throat> I'm picking Origins instead of two because two is very quick. And um, I don't want to be stuck in Kirkwall. I also kind of prefer the combat in one. Really? I, I kind of prefer yeah. it in two, but I'll take like the story stuff over the combat, you know? Like you know, play, Playing two as a mage is like super fun. Yeah, because that's more like one, then. I feel like. You have the mm. balance of this sort of action-based real-time combat, but also then they have like the old Baldur's Gate games where you can pause it and choose yeah. all tactics and stuff like that. I liked, I liked Origins combat quite a lot. Mm, okay, yeah, because that's kind of, like, not one of my favorite things, so kind of getting through that is just like, all right. Oh, you youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> but you can right the wrongs now. So, you know, going yes. back to the decisions you made with your ex-boyfriend at the time, <laughs> um, you know, the the decisions you made and the pitfalls that you've fallen into, maybe you have since replayed through the game and fixed those wrongs, but now you definitely can do it. 
Yes, I've actually not done like a full replay since I played it the first time. I've definitely gone through and done most of like Zevran's romance because he's also a very good boy. Um, And uh, yeah, I I just like I can't bring myself to get through the whole thing again because every time I go into it, I get in there and then I'm like, oh, yeah. I've selectively blotted out all these like you know, <laughs> deep roads and being stuck in the fade where it's like extremely difficult. That's um, true. But but you're only going to get better at the game with forced yeah. proximity to it. Yes, I'm going to be a pro and just plow through all the dark the hours and hours of darkspawn. Is RPGs like you know a big genre for you? Do you play a lot of RPGs? No. Not at all on this list that we'll get into later. Oh, well, actually, two technically, um, and they are both Western RPGs. So th- this is kind of like a rarity for you. These games sort of just stand out on their own, not because of the RPG elements to them. Yeah, totally. I think it's it's mostly like the story stuff, and also you know options for queer romance. Like I really appreciate that, and I think, okay, yeah. Um, there aren't any dating sims on my list, just because I feel like. I kind of want games that have a little bit more to them than some reading, and that's not a dig on dating sims, just kind of inherent (laughs) to the genre. Uh, As the queen of dating sims, I mean, you can say whatever you like. (laughs) I don't want the title queen of dating sims. (laughs) Um, But uh, And Gone Home is on on here either. I mean, it's not not quite... It's a lovely game, but it's not one that I want to play for the rest of my life. It's not quite a game for a deserted island. I yeah, when Steve I'm already devastatingly lonely, like, let me see all these remin- remnants of other humans and not interact <laughs> with them. But um, the Dragon Age series was really influential on Dream Daddy's development, um, just uh, because of choice paths and romances that actually felt really robust and uh, real. And also just the fact that, you know, a lot of the queer romances in the game, like, they're just not really about queerness which i think is really refreshing and i know that's not what everybody wants from queer content but for me at least it's like i get enough of the angst in something that just treats it like a totally normal like it's just something that exists yeah yeah and it's like okay we have character traits that are outside of like ah yes i'm the designated bisexual character or yes whatever i am the gay character look at me i am very different to everyone else yeah and just having like that diversity of story options where it's like ah yes i can still kiss a girl but there's this deep story here um and like that's not to say that narratives like queer narratives that are about queerness are bad or that i don't like them it's just they're feels like there's a lot of them and i kind of want to have you know the shitty lesbian rom-com phase where it's just like we have the luxury of them not being the loftiest stories in the world but um you know you kiss a girl and you go on a magical adventure it's yeah yeah um so yes those those games are really important to me well you can by all means take it with you yay alongside the next game which i have no segue for because I'm not that great a host. But we can jump straight into it. You're doing a great job. We're really proud of you. Thank you, Layden. I am banishing you to a farm in some sort of nether realm, and you're still boosting me up. Thanks. I really appreciate that. But jumping into the next game, let's listen to some very wonderful music from it. And let's, of course, dive straight into it.
Jumping into the next game on Layton's list then, is a game sort of that stands out maybe the most out of all the others. You know, we've had the simulations, we have RPGs on here, and we'll, we, you know, we have your last choice, which is very intriguing, which we'll get to <laughs> later on. Um, but this game is a first-person puzzle platformer, and it's a video game developed by Valve. It released all the way back in 2011. Wow. Uh, obviously produced by Gabe Newell and the team at Valve. It's features fantastic writers like Eric Walpal and Chet Falsic. It was released for Windows, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360, and a whole host of other platformers. It is, of course, Portal 2. Layton, it seems like the odd one out on the list. Why are you taking Portal 2 with you? Um, it's another one that was like really formative for me and has uh, a lot of nostalgia. Because, you know, now that we've talked about how young I am, I my parents gave me <laughs> Portal 2 as a gift when I finished, like, seventh or eighth grade because oh I, my god i yeah. remember playing portal 2 on the same day as mortal kombat the re <laughs> remake the like remake for it and i was in university i remember this this was like the, I, I remember this day very specifically because my dad came to my university city <laughs> and we went out drinking and we got very very drunk and my dad i remember my dad like f passing out on my bed in my bedroom and I was just that uh, sat drunkenly playing Portal Two, and my dad <laughs> snored his head off drunk on my dad. Wow! Yeah, I'm I a, hope you had such an enlightening, like enlightening experience with Portal Two as well. I'm a tiny little baby, and yeah, that was a big middle school game for me. And um, I, because I had played Portal, and I would not shut up about it, and so I think my parents were like, "Okay, we'll get the pay the sixty dollars, just give her the things." So oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, um, but I think uh, I love the writing very much. Um, the art direction is so solid and uh, just kind of like the world building. Uh, it, it's just like a fun place to spend time in. And I guess my idea of a fun place to spend time in is just like an older mean robot lady nagging me, yeah. which is fine. Um, but also like the first time that I played Portal, like the just the core Portal mechanic I was just obsessed with for a really long time and I was dreaming about portals and like every time I watched a new piece of media I was like wait why can't they why don't they just portal over there like I was really consumed with it in the way that a middle schooler is consumed with a thing that they like um and like I think some of the first video game fan art that I very seriously drew was portal stuff um so it's it's very near and dear to my heart and uh I just think I would have a fun time playing through it over and over uh and having something that is kind of funny would probably help being alone on an island. So you were, you know, going on about it to your parents for a long time. Was it because you'd seen adverts of Portal 2 or had you like played the first game? I had played intensely? the first one intensely. Um, and just because when growing up, like I didn't have many older friends, like I didn't have, I was an only child. I didn't have anybody else who was like, hey, here are video games that are good. You should play them. And so I just kind of ended up you know, getting whatever my parents would see. And we'll talk about this with my last choice, but like whatever my parents would see in the store and be like, oh, this seems like a child appropriate game and bring it home, which, you know, by some wild accident, like they ended up giving me Animal Crossing and, you know, some other games that uh, everyone else has kind of played. So like I, you know, I never played any of the Zelda games. Um, I It makes me feel like a fake gamer because I didn't have like, you know, this structure of people being like, ah, yes, this is what you play. And then this is the next thing that you play. And uh, here are all these other things that were like really influential to us. So not a very gamer family. 
But I think uh, around the time that I was starting to, I say, starting to use the internet a lot, I was already, I was kind of plugged into the internet from a very young age. As yeah. as all Gen Z, like I'm not even a millennial, I'm whatever is below that. Um, <laughs> as I said, tiny baby. and um, <laughs> Tiny achieving baby. <laughs> yeah, my life is literally just the plot of Boss Baby. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I forgot what my, where I was going with that one. But anyway, I think I'd seen, um, I was reading a lot of TV tropes as you do in middle school and Portal was coming up a lot. I, yeah, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I ended up playing it and I remember like just freaking out, uh, doing the boss battle because I was 11 and I was very nervous and video games make me nervous. And I was like, oh my God, this hot robot is yelling at me. I don't know what to do. Did you do it? I did do it. There you go. <laughs> did you play the multiplayer as well? That's yes. my favorite part of Portal 2. Yes. I, I think that's also... Okay, so here's a question. On this island, am I able to connect to the internet even in some distant yes. kind of way? Okay. Yes. So the idea is that you can play online games, but mm-hmm. the caveat is you can't talk to anyone. That's fine. So, for example, if you play Street Fighter, you can play online matches. You know, you don't need to talk to anyone. You just jump into a game. It's like playing the computer, but, you know, it's a real opponent. Gotcha. Whereas, like, if you are playing a cooperative game, kind of like Portal 2, um, you can't speak to another player. You so have it makes to use the playing Portal emotes. 2 co-op almost impossible. So, you know what? That, that, that's like a fun challenge. My only interaction with people being just, like, waving to them over and over. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Go <That's>... here. Just, <laughs> like, spraying, like, the, the different, like, portals and, like, the different ink and stuff. Uh, is it ink or jelly or what? I, I forget what they call the, it in the game. The gel. The gel, that's it, right? Yeah. And you're just, like, spraying it in, like, here, go here, please, just go here. I wonder if there is anyone still playing Portal 2 multiplayer. I don't know. Well, maybe I'll connect to the one person who every once in a while is like, oh, hey, this exists. And then I'll be you like, wait, come like, back, come just, back. You just have it loading into the multiplayer all the time. You just leave it there. And one day it's going to be like, ping, connected. That's basically- You're just like <laughs> scrambling across the farm to get to get to it before they leave the lobby. <laughs> yeah, totally. That That's sort of like in every disaster survival movie where they're on the ham radio, like somebody, anybody, please. <laughs> it's just that portal too. I'm into it. Um, I guess that almost changes, like, one of my answers. If I had known about the online multiplayer thing, I would have been like, oh, hell yeah, I'm playing Dead by Daylight. I need to get my murder fix in. Not to imply that I do murdering in real life. You know, it... That seems like a pretty intense game for you, like, considering, you know, Portal 2's boss fights were, like, wigging you out a little. Oh, yeah, so the fun thing is that, like, Dream Daddy, it's very funny that that's the game that we made because I'm, like, a big big horror person and i spent pretty much all of my free time reading about true crime and murder and horror like i and my taste in horror movies isn't just like yeah i like horror movies it's like show me the worst shit possible so (laughs) just show me like disemboweled bodies yeah you know defenestration and vivisection and all those fun long words and uh yeah like neo-french extremism is my favorite movie genre and basically the whole idea there is just like feel bad feel bad cinema so, with that context, Dead by Daylight is super fun for me. Uh, Why is that the game that's not good? Why are you not taking that with you? 
It's a perfect it's... multiplayer game that would last a long time. Because I didn't... I thought you weren't going to let me use the internet. Ah, <laughs> uh, you see. Gotta be prepared for these things. So, if the last game wasn't such an interesting talking topic, I would say Dead Maybe. by Daylight. Ah, uh, okay. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Because, like, I'm not that really... That game does intrigue me. But have I don't you, think I can play it. I'm a coward. Really? I'm... Oh, but it's so much fun. It's fun watching other people play it, but, like, by myself. I live in Japan alone. Mm. You know how many horror movies are based in Japan? Yes. For a reason. This country's scary at night. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing where it's like, uh, in this situation where I'm living on this Stardew Valley farm, I'm feeling great because I know nobody's coming to murder me. That's That's true. Because I really want, my dream is to just have a cabin in the woods and throw my phone into the ocean and not talk to anybody. But (laughs) fear of murderers. Man, did I come along with the dream package for you. It's great. I love it. Um, Yeah, you've just like removed my fear of murderers because they don't exist in this world. They don't. Um, but yeah, or yeah. Do I, they? I, I, horror movies are very good. You should play Dead by Daylight, even if you're afraid of it. Like, I have... Video games make me horribly anxious, but that game is, like, very zen. I'm not good at it, but when I'm playing as Michael Myers and I'm just staring somebody down and getting stronger because I'm staring at them, that's that's me at my most <laughs> relaxed. I feel like I'm going to read a newspaper report about you one day. You probably will. <laughs> Not the murder e the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to pull up this podcast in court and be like, yeah, not so funny now, is it? Yeah. They're going to be like, how did we not know this was coming? <laughs> All the signs were there. Her favorite <laughs> All the movies signs were murders in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How did we not see this coming? <laughs> I'm literally looking across the room at my bookshelf right now and just seeing the dedicated like crime section. You're yeah. seeing if the police burst in and the door, they looked at your bookshelf. You're like, damn, that's some damning evidence right there. God damn it. I need to think this better. Yeah. Yeah, I should probably work <laughs> on that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, speaking of murdering things, how about murdering dragons? That's Another fun. mystical creatures. We should definitely move on to the next game. Good Moving segue. back into the RPG space. Let's listen to some epic music from, I think it's a... Uh, Jeremy Soul? Sometimes yes. they switch between Inonza and Jeremy Soul at Bethesda. But let's definitely listen to that, you know, most epic, most epic of RPG soundtracks. And let's jump right into the next game on Layton's list.
So I think this next game needs no introduction after hearing that piece of music. It is, of course, the action role-playing video game developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It's the fifth main installment in the Elder Scrolls series. It follows Oblivion and was originally released on PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360 back in November of 2011, a few months after Portal 2, which means my guest today was still a baby. It is, of course... <laughs> The Elder Scrolls Skyrim, which I also remember the launch day of. In that same university town, I was working in a video game store on the release of Skyrim. <laughs> I worked the midnight opening, and we had to dress up in all sort of medieval fantasy-esque cosplay to open the store. And you had... I remember Skyrim just being the biggest release. Like, it was the most hyped game for so long and we had like a line of like 400 people waiting to come wow. in and buy the game it was incredible um you were like getting ready to go to bed for school maybe <laughs> ouch i'm um, sorry that was too i actually easy. yeah i remember when it came i'm only out, 28 like <laughs> yeah fuck? you're the you're the age of my writing partner um yeah but damn it yeah i remember it coming out and i was so removed from kind of that world at the time that i just had no okay, idea yeah. that, like by the time that i had played it it had been a couple of years and nobody really gave a shit um and i was like i don't oh, know wow. considering they're still releasing it on every platform known to like mankind <laughs> yeah i'd say some people out there yeah soon we are going shit. to be able to just put it directly on our eyeballs um yes sure but uh yes i nostalgia uh, excuse me Skyrim is a really big nostalgia pick for me just because I spent a lot of my high school years playing it. Um, and uh, yeah, also another big I want it for the background music pick because it the soundtrack is like regularly in my Spotify rotation where like I'll just be driving down the road like, you know, bop into stuff and then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> just just very like gentle in theme or conversely like okay you're fighting a dragon right now yeah just it kicks in and you're like just shaking your steering wheel yeah. fighting a dragon <laughs> yeah um i really enjoy that game a lot uh just like i don't think it's the most amazing game in the world but i have a lot of fun with it every time that i play it even when i come back to it now after sinking many many hours into it like i still find things to enjoy um and even just like picking out like oh it's been the same voice actor like 12 times in 10 minutes i love it uh and i also just get really into like making potions or, or just whatever like getting really into the role-playing aspect of like ah oh, yes i'm going to go on a journey and i'm going to pick these herbs and then come back and make potions and i'm very invested in like my Khajiit who has history i don't know it's i i think it's fun i think there's a lot of potential just to run around and you know, not kill chickens or not kill chickens and then kill chickens in real life and then come back and kill chickens in the game <laughs> and then kill dragons, I guess. Yes. Something you don't have to deal with on your farm. At Thank least. God. They seem like tricky customers, dragons. Yeah. I mean, you could spend years building up that farm and then all of a sudden they just come in and raise the whole by thing. a dragon. That would suck, right? Yeah. Now, man, now, now there's just like, I really feel for the villagers in Skyrim. Just their entire lives being destroyed by flying It beasts. is kind of like the way I think of it is like how earthquakes just dick over Japan quite often. Yeah. I mean, it's a like, natural oh, we, disaster. 
yeah, like we built this wonderful infrastructure. We have such a beautiful city, and then bam, one day, just like an earthquake's like, haha, screw you, and then like all the roads are destroyed, and you have to if, start again. If only you could just bare knuckle brawl a hurricane until it goes away, or yeah, take like a great dragon sword shout to out it. it. Yeah. <laughs> So are you someone who mods your Skyrim? Do you like the pure experience or are you straight in them with all the PC mods doing um, incredibly wacky things? I'm into the pure experience, but only because I'm lazy. Uh, and I don't too. feel like messing Me with mods. Me too. <laughs> and also I don't I trust myself to not like irrevocably fuck it up. <laughs> just install something that just makes everyone turn into like gelatin or something or just like permadeath where it's like okay you install the mod where you're never allowed <laughs> to open this game ever again you have to eat you have to drink you have to manage all of like your bodily functions uh just everything that makes it a, a complete and utter nightmare like real life yeah i you know i really appreciate people who do that just they're really dedicated to suffering um <laughs> like mad respect it's very neo-French extremism of them. Yeah, that, maybe that's something that you would potentially be into. I mean, if you take the PC version of the game, the option is always there to add mods. And that's the thing about a game like Skyrim. You know, you can play the pure experience for a couple of years stuck on your farm. And then once it gets a little rote and a little boring, you can start adding mods and making it a whole entire brand new adventure. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll just only do the one where the dragons are Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes. Or Thomas the Tank Engine. That one's pretty good, too. That is pretty good. Yeah, so I'm allowed to do mods? Yes. I'll allow okay. mods. All right. That's very I mean, generous of you. I mean, what are you going to do? Make a mod that gives the coordinates away of the farm you're trapped on for someone to come save you? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't think that that is... That's definitely not what I was doing on the side. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Hmm. You're seems thinking like about might... it, don't think about it. Hmm, it seems like I might have to make some dragons that wreck up farms specifically. God damn it. That's punishment. <laughs> so, you, you know, you said, like, you're not that big of into RPGs and that kind of thing, but... And Skyrim, I feel, doesn't really have that story-esque uh, nuance that Dragon Age does. Yeah, I think nuance is not a word that you apply to Skyrim. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, so what is it about Skyrim specifically? Because I know a lot of people have problems with the combat. It's very just whacking, waving a stick in front of you. or No, that's great, because that's how I play every game. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not very dexterous. Like, I'm not super uh, You don't have good combat nuance. Yeah, you know, I'll just, I'll just button mash and then go kiss my wife, Ayla the Huntress. And you know what? I'm fine with it just being mashing buttons. Oh, that's okay, then. That's good, then. You can take it with you. Is yeah. there is there any other sort of RPGs out there that do the sort of stuff that you are looking for with games like Dragon Age and Skyrim? Um, probably, but I don't really... Like, I truthfully spend so much time thinking about video games and working on them that I just don't kind of seek them out. So I'm sure that there are ones that kind of fulfill, like, the story and character-related stuff that I'm sure I'd be into, but... That super intrigues me, actually. That super intrigues me because I do wonder, also, uh, I mean, talking about video games is kind of like my job, but also <laughs> I make video games, which I much, much prefer. Like, I love doing this, but making games is like my creative outlet. I love doing that. Um, how is it that 
you as someone who is just, you know, swamped by thinking about video games all the time and dealing with people talking to you about video games, how is it that you find new games? Uh, is it like friend suggestions or stuff that you're just looking out for, for series that you already trust, like Animal Crossing, for example? How is it that you sort of get introduced to playing new video games these days? Um, friends suggesting things, because I think friends know me well enough to know, like, okay, here's just, like, a super weird indie thing that's super short and, or peaceful that, like, you might be really into, or here's something that has yeah. a really good story that you'd like. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, like, I also spend so much time steeped in, like, other forms of media and storytelling that I think probably where my interest with video game lies is doing stuff like Dream Daddy where I'm like carving out the space of okay here is exactly what I want in a game and like uh it just kind of expanding like what games are it sounds pretentious when I put it like that but you know I don't think everything uh I, I think making games more accessible to people who wouldn't normally play games or maybe people who like me who didn't grow up with like the influence of having other gamers in my life yeah not having like a an encyclopedia of knowledge about video games that a lot of you know, other people who work in video games just do automatically by how they grew up. Yeah, which is, I admire so much, and I think it's so fascinating, and especially working out of a workspace like Game Grumps, where everyone's just constantly talking about stuff, it is, like, this yeah. most, the most beautiful, like, shared experience and knowledge um, that I've always kind of felt, like, a little bit on the sidelines of. You probably know more than you think you do. You have, like, by <laughs> osmosis, just <laughs> yeah. absorbed, like, half of Nintendo's back history thanks to being in that office alone mm, yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> which does intrigue me about the next game then yeah because the next game although portal 2 is kind of the nuanced different genre this is like a game that i feel i can't picture you playing <laughs> okay because this requires some sort of combat proficiency and is very much, I don't want to, I hate the word hardcore game, but it definitely, <laughs> a, a game that requires not, mm, being kind of game, dexterous and Yeah, yeah, tactical. it's a game that punishes you for not being that, Yeah, is how, how I'm going to approach that. It's a game that definitely punishes you for not being mm able to take people out silently or very being very uh, dexterous and proficient at combat. So sure. I'm intrigued to know your thoughts about the next game and why it's going with you. So let's listen to some music from the next game and let's of course dive straight into it.
Jumping into the second to last game on Leighton's list, and we're getting ready to send her off to her farm. And we have to get through the next two games before we do so. The next game comes from Arcane Studios and was published by Bethesda Softworks, similar as Skyrim. It's directed by former Final Games guest Harvey Smith and also Raphael Contina, uh, Colantin, I can never pronounce his name correctly, Colantonio, Colantonio, maybe. I've probably butchered that incredibly badly. I do apologize to Raphael. Um, but it was released back in 2012. It's released for PC, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It's on all those platforms. It did so well that it received a sequel that came out two years ago, Dishonored 2. This game, though, that we're talking about is the stealth action-adventure video game, Dishonored. Spelt the incorrect way <laughs> as a European. No U, which always grinds my gears. But Leighton... As we were talking about combat proficiency and being punished for not being stealthy and stuff like that, why is Dishonored going with you? See, the thing is, is that I'm not good at the combat, but if I can sneak around extremely into it. Ah, okay, okay. So you put all your powers into, like, hiding as rats and blink teleporting across places and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. And also I wanted to pick something that, like, there's a lot of room for me to improve at. Uh, because, you know, playing it for the rest of my life, I'd imagine I could probably get... Like, I suck at it now. I could get very good at it. Yes, um, absolutely. Like, watching the speedruns of it, when people just get in and get out immediately, like, that is super impressive. And if I'm going to sink my time into doing that with some game, it might as well be Dishonored. Um, and it's another one where it's just, like, I love the atmosphere and the art direction is so strong, and the fact that they base, like, a lot of the characters off of, like, uh, John Singer Sargent paintings. Like, I'm so into that. That's amazing. Yeah, um, it is gorgeous. Yeah. So I like a, I like a pretty game based off of uh, all of these picks. But, um, yeah, I also really, like, just everything about it. Like, it, it just feels really good. Like, blinking feels awesome. You know, even when you're kind of a dumbass and not very good at video games and not very stealthy, like, you still feel like a badass. And, um, yeah, I think that would be a good one to uh have fun with so how did you get introduced to this game because i can't imagine your friends being like hey Layden, <laughs> this is totally the game for you gosh i don't even remember how i got into it I, it might have been one of those things where i uh saw a let's play of it or something and was like wow i'm gonna su suck at that but i should give it a shot um, wow that's quite the jump for being like eh, you know <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna go for it anyway yeah, um, I don't know. And I feel bad because I still haven't played the sequel yet, which has been sitting in my Steam library, and I'm very excited to get into. Um, I'll give you that one. You can have that as well. Oh, wow. That's so generous. Thank you. It's not too much of a stretch from the first one. It's no, a great game. But, no, it's not. Yeah, know, I'm very it's excited like, it's to like play it. It's like a companion piece. You can have that. All right. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah, so then we'll have a new game that I haven't played yet also. That's true, yeah. But, you know, it's more a continuation of, you know, getting better, improving, yes. having some combat nuance. Yeah, having a high skill ceiling, I have a lot of time with it. I can really improve my scrub level skills. Something that's always in intrigued me as someone who makes games myself, do you look at other games as influences on the games you make? 
and especially games that are wildly different from you know the games that you do make like is there stuff like in dishonored that is in some part somewhere in dream daddy hmm that's a really interesting question uh i'm sure in like a weird tangential like kind of squinting kind of way. i mean i guess there is kind of like a dad element in there um yeah colvo colvo is pretty dad yeah um no he's not a great dad but he's pretty dad i mean depending on how you play it yeah uh sure yeah i, I really can't think of anything off the top of my head that's like a direct you know you know i mean of course there's the secret dad that you can date in dream daddy where like you spend the entire time just sneaking around and murdering people from above <laughs> whoa 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 we all know there's something murdery secret in that game <laughs> do we <laughs> we won't touch on that just in case sure um and if you're interested in touching on that uh keep your eyes peeled i guess hey, hey. i don't know if i'm allowed to say that i think i can you're you're the boss i don't know if i'm Verna, sure. Verna might be mad <laughs> But then you'd, then you'd be like, but Liam's sending me to a farm. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> this is my last ditch effort. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, murders. <clears throat> I mean, I can see why that's now a thing. Because, like, as we have very much come to discover on this episode, it's what you're into. It's what you're destined for. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, I'm I'm very very passionate about horror to the point where I am currently planning getting a Texas Chainsaw Massacre tattoo, um, and that'll be my first tattoo. Very cool, very cool. I will send a tattoo artist to the farm. <laughs> Excellent, cool. So I'm just gonna be like an old grizzled strong farmer covered in tats. I mean, I'm really living my dream life here, so I'm really grateful to you for setting this up. It's fine. I just worry about the tattoo artist's safety at this point. Especially after you've oh, had some oh, like, you good be. old, good old murdering practice on Dishonored as well. You know what? We get 10, 15, 20 years in there. We're old friends by now. We have a strange relationship. But you know what? Nothing really scratches the itch like taste of human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm doing the world a favor in banishing you to a farm. I felt bad initially. Now I'm just kind of like, whew. Yeah. That, that's that dealt with. It's not for me. It's it's for the rest of them. It's true. It's to save the earth. You you delivered this wonderfully positive and beautiful experience, Dream Daddy, and now, now you're flipping the script, and we yep. have to. You I'm know, breaking keep, bad. Keep you a bit in check. <laughs> I'm breaking bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna be some like some sort of murdering, like assassin by the end of your stay on the island. Do you, it, I felt as we've gone through this, like I didn't really have an idea about the games that you would take with you or what the sort of things that you would choose. And then, you know, you put Animal Crossing in there and Stardew Valley. And I was kind of like, okay, I can, yeah, you know, I can see that, of course. Uh, but then we're like moving into Dishonored. Are there any <laughs> other like weird games that you play that maybe people don't expect that you really do enjoy or or like dishonored you kind of play them in uniquely different ways to other people i don't know i think it's really interesting kind of the intersections of the form of media that i enjoy and then like versus the content 
So, like, I really, 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 really love horror movies. I don't really like horror games because I can't get through them because the level of, like, player agency within a horror story, it's like, yeah. I, I can't I can't hang for it. But when it's a movie, it's like, I, I literally just don't even physically react to jump scares anymore. Like, it's just sort of like, make me feel something. I just want to be in pain. Come on. Like, um... <laughs> So, like, I hate... Ruin me! <laughs> like, I want I want a horror... Like, my metric of a good horror movie is that it ruins the rest of my week. Um, and I'm unable to think about anything else. <laughs> like, that's that's what I like out of a horror movie. I went and saw The Nun in theaters recently and was very upset about it. Um, not for the good reasons, just for bad reasons. Yeah, a friend of mine, my co-host on my other podcast, Mr. Matt Visual, he also saw that and was upset by the fact that it didn't freak him out. It just wasted two of his hours. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it does the thing that the new It movie does that I hate, where it's like, hey, teeth are biologically scary to humans. Five minutes in, teeth. Ten minutes in, teeth. And it's going to be the exact same jump scare over and over uh, with the teeth. And then by lame. the time we get to the climax, we're actually showing down with the monster. We've already seen it for like half the damn movie. So why do I care? Yeah. Lame. Anyway, um, back to the actual question. I don't know. For me, it's either extremely casual or just like, just fuck me up kind of games. Like I, I want to start playing Bloodborne. <laughs> um, that's, that's another one that's like pulling me in because of the art direction. But that yes, I know I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm just going to be like god awful at. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but you know, with time. Sure. Good time. You just soak up that Victorian Gothic feel for a while whilst you get better and better. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun headspace. I mean, just kind of switching between like, all right, I'm going to play Katamari Damashi for an hour. No, I'm going to play Bloodborne for an hour. Yeah. I like that. I like playing Mario games and then be like, now I'm going to just shoot some shit or I'm going to play like a (laughs) nice soccer game. And then I'm going to like... Now I'm just going to, like, destroy civilizations in Civilization or something. The juxtaposition yeah. about how we can play games is why games are so fun sometimes. Yeah, and, and I also I, I think it's the same with uh, media, like, the talks that I've done about metamodernism and sort of oscillating between two different, like, completely different concepts. I think that's what's most interesting to me about literally any form of media, like, something that kind of can kind of jump through being either really, really scary or really, really funny or just that kind of contains... Uh, thematic multitudes i guess um, yeah so I, it seems fitting that this list is like cutesy sims and also do some murders Layton <laughs> summed up to a t right <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i think then everyone will be surprised about what the last game is then <laughs> Which is intriguing because you you just sort of listed a series, which means we do have to nail down to a specific game. But we can talk about the series because overall. they're short. They they're like I don't know if if anybody wants to look the games up and look up like let's plays of them. Like they're very short and they're very simple. But go ahead, do your thing. Okay, so we'll get straight into it. But you know I've already given you an extra game. Remember, so we can't can't be bending. I give too many Dishonored words. two back for the full. Ah, yeah, for the full, yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> or up uh, until like 2011 or something, but go ahead and we'll talk about it. Okay, so moving in to the final game on Layton's list. And of course, let's listen to something, some music or something you, from this you game. You better series. play the theme song. Uh, you'll have to send me it. You'll have to send Obviously. me the YouTube link and I will upload that and then everyone can listen to it in glory right <laughs> now.
So jumping into the final games on Layton's list, or the final series that we will nail down to one. Right. We will do it. Tough but it's fair. a series based on the various Nancy Drew books. Um, most of the games were produced through a company called Her Interactive, uh, but some have been released by Majesco and THQ, of course, the now defunct THQ. Uh, these games span back all the way back to like 1998 for PC, and there is a heck of a lot of PC games. Then there's like uh, iPod versions and iPhone ones, and then there's the Those Wii ones, ones. They don't count. GBA ones. There's even DVD mystery series and DS games as well by THQ. Um, but, Layton, you said the Nancy Drew series of video games. Now, I don't know anything about this. I've never played these games. I've never read a Nancy Drew book. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to explain to me why I should allow this monstrosity that you've chosen. <laughs> monstrosity. It's a nice, oh. wholesome series about a girl solving some crimes. <laughs> it seems like it's the opposite of who you are. Okay, so the backstory on the Nancy Drew games, at least for me personally, uh, yeah. I think I only ended up getting them because they were one of the ones where my parents would walk down the game, the PC games section at Target and be like, ah, Nancy Drew, that's a book for young ladies. Let's get this video game. And uh, they, would, okay. they would always be bundled in these, like, games for girls kind of packs where it's like here's hello kitty bejeweled and here's i kid you not a game where you get married and plan your wedding but you don't have somebody to marry so you play a game show so you can be matched with another with with like a suitable partner and then you plan the wedding and fun fact my parents took that one away from me because they didn't want me placing that much emphasis on a wedding which was maybe a good idea anyway nancy yeah, no, drew good good to that good to that <laughs> it was really fun though it was just like you know one of those collections of mini games where it's like throw the bouquet or something that i wasn't into very much but the mini games were fun anyways nancy drew games would always end up in those and they would always be like so much better than the other games but they're pretty much like it's a Nancy Drew book, but it's a game. So it's like first person. You talk to people and you kind of interrogate them and you break a lot of laws and solve the crimes and, you know, interact with objects. And you, you, it's funny how many different ways you can die in those games um, because you can totally get Nancy Drew killed. And it's always it's it, you don't see it, but conceptually, it's pretty gruesome. Um, and you always get like a newspaper spinning in like local teen lost at sea or there's one where like you can get her trapped in a sarcophagus and then she suffocates. And then the newspaper that you get is like a photo of two skeletons next to each other from a newspaper Oof. far in the future where it's like Oof. teen detective found in two. <laughs> like, um, it went some pretty weird places, but um, they were pretty straightforward. Like you have your little inventory and you walk around and uh, find clues and stuff. And an uh, important piece of my personal history there is that my mom has always been really into horror and true crime. So I grew up around that stuff, like, a lot. Ah, okay. Now it's all starting to <laughs> Which, together. yes, probably explains very much. Like, the, my mom was really intense about it. Uh, she used to just, just constantly instilling the stranger danger thing in me to, like, extreme levels. So I've always been very into the crime. And so being able to play the Nancy Drew games where I get to be a detective was always very exciting. Yeah, no, that's good. And, you know, 
it warns you about what the real world can be like. Murders happen. Yeah. Oh, she but loved telling teenage, me about, a like... teenage girls should not be trying to solve them. No. No. They probably shouldn't have cur- encouraged me on that. So, tell me the names of the ones that you've played, and which are the ones that stand out to you, and... <laughs> Okay, you know, so how is the gameplay in these games? I'm imagining kind of like point and click adventure kind yes, of stuff. Yes, very, very point and click. I bought one recently on Steam and I went back to play it, and I, I wouldn't recommend playing them if you're not like ten years old. But when you're ten <laughs> years old, it's the shit. Um, when you're ten years old in the early two thousands, it's the shit. Now I'm sure it's not even close to anything you could play. But they were really charming, and um, uh, the the thing is, is that like. The first forum I was ever on was the Her Interactive Forum. And so the thing that you would always do there in your little Siggy, and people would do Siggy shops where you can, you know, really, really uh, elaborate, like, rainbow text and asterisks and tildes and all that. But you'd always say, like, oh, I found the treasure in the Royal Tower. I uh, faced the danger on Deception Island. Like, you'd go through all the ones that you've played in your um, little signature. And I wish I could remember all of the ones that I played, but I played most of them up until like creature of Kapu cave. Um, but so yeah, it's like mostly the early ones, everything that came out after that, I didn't end up playing because I was kind of, had kind of uh, grown out of them, but yeah. they were a big, I would play them with my dad. And so that was like the only video game I could get him to play with me. <laughs> so it became like this really big, like father daughter bonding experience of, you know, making dumb jokes about how stupid Nancy is in the games. Um, yeah. Is there something like that that happens in Dream Daddy? Is there like a moment where Amanda and, you know, your dad character have like a bonding moment over a video game? I can't remember. No, I don't think you do. I think we, we th- I'm sure that must have come up at some point and I'm sure it was probably like too meta. I think there was maybe a point where we were thinking about, you know, you walk in and Amanda playing a dating sim, but we're it's like you're dating weird things or you know some other <laughs> super meta <laughs> you know what i play tapping, an alien in, dating tapping into your horror your fear of aliens yeah yeah so pretty pretty much my entire life has just been defined by being extremely afraid of things so just like being afraid of crimes being afraid of aliens and you know as i got into adulthood being afraid of the internet or whatever <laughs> Is that why you turned into a murderer? Is it, is it just because you're like, you think everything will kill you, so you must defend yourself, and ultimately it's just twisted your mind into, well, if I kill everything first, nothing can kill me. Yeah, I mean, that's basically like if I was a killer in Dead by Daylight, that's that's my backstory. Wow, nice. Yeah, so you nailed it. Um, but I, I, you asked like what my f- the ones that I really liked from this series. My favorite's always been Danger and Deception Island, which is one where... Uh, Something about whales. I don't even remember what the actual plot is other than there are whales there. Um, <laughs> and you can kill Nancy by making a sandwich with, like, expired peanut butter in it. And I was, like... Really? That's incredible. Oh, yeah, you could kill her in a bunch of stupid ways or, like, get her kicked out of wherever she was staying by doing something... St- like, there's one, um, Curse of Blackmore Manor, which is another one of my favorites, um, which is about werewolves um, and takes place on, like, a big gothic manor and there's a lot of like, uh, ast- uh, not astrology, uh, alchemy stuff involved. Like, all the games were always super interesting and kind of tied into, like, real historical stuff. And um, I- I- they're super charming. Like, I'm sure they do not even remotely hold up now. But as a kid, um, they were super duper fun to come home from school and play on the family computer. <laughs> so then we have to nail down to maybe one. 
or two. Are you going to take one that maybe you haven't played before? Because no. you would stick with what you already know. Yeah, I think I do Curse of Blackmore Manor. Because as a kid, that one scared me because Nancy has nightmares about werewolves. But now I'm like, hell yeah, all over it. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think the premise of like exploring an old haunted house that has secret passageways and, you know, uh, like there's... I don't remember how you get it, but by doing some sort of puzzle on a wall, you can go down a slide that, you know, spits you out somewhere else in the house. And you know what? That's a very House of Leaves, and I'm into it. Nice. So I, it's weird that we've gone through this roller coaster of <laughs> games about murder, <laughs> games about cutesy animals, to now end very aptly on a game about solving murders. Yes. It's a good resolution. It's almost like, it's almost like a double bluff. Mm. You're leading people astray by, uh, you know, telling them that you're this sweet, wholesome detective. You're like, I'll solve the murders. But actually, I'm the one who's been causing them the whole time. <laughs> oh, that's a much better game. Is there a video game out there that's maybe done that? Where, you know, you get to, like, plan out a murder, carry it out, <laughs> and then you have to fool everyone else into it being someone else. That would be such a great video game idea. Yeah, because it's like two games at once where like you do have to be the sneaky assassin, assassin but also it's, like... It's weird. Have you ever played Heavy Heavy Rain? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, so Heavy Rain has this... <laughs> I don't like Heavy Rain, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil it anyway. But Hot there's a detective take. in that game. There's a, there's a detective in the game. I forget his name. But you play this character through at least 50% of the game. He's one of the main characters. He's like this really sweet old guy who's like investigating these child disappearances. And you play the whole game and he's like the white knight and everything. And there's a scene in like a watch shop or like a jeweler's or something where he's there with someone else. He goes off the screen, comes back, and then like the other character stumbles across the dead body of the jeweler or something at the back of the store. And obviously the game is like double bluffing you into thinking like someone, the murderer or the, the guy who's like kidnapping the children had done it while the two characters were there. Mm-hmm. And you find out at the end of the game that the guy killing the children and taking the children was the detective you were playing the whole time. And it's awful because Woof. that yeah. one scene, you remember <laughs> that one scene where they just slide him off. You've been controlling him the whole time and then they mm-hmm. slide the character you're controlling off screen so he can do a murder. And then just like at the end is like, ha, ah, it was him all along. Ha, ah, it was so clever. It's like, yeah, but I would have known this if you let me keep control of him like you had for the rest of the time for the one time he did, he did a murder. I love that sort of unreliable narrator shit where it's like, actually, it's clever, guys. It's clever because we said that it's clever. It's yeah. not like we're trying to cover up bad writing <laughs> with yeah, this I mean, stupid Yeah, I mean, everyone knows at this point. That David Cage is like a hack, and <laughs> yeah, you know, good. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not gonna jump too much into that, but it would be cool if there was a game sort of like that where <laughs> you were a murderer, like Dexter almost. It should like just be good... True Detective season one, but they follow through on setting up Rust to be the murderer, and Rust is actually the murderer, but you play as yeah. Rust. Yeah, yeah, or like sort of like a Deadly Premonition. Weary-esque, weird game where you 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 approach the crime scene and everything's like all fucked up and weird, and then you start having memories about having done it. 
I, I actually then, think it, it would be super upfront about the fact that you're doing both of it, and it would be almost more of like a uh, lady killer in a bind dialogue system, where like you have to maintain this certain level of, you know, you can't say anything that tips you off, but also you need to be effectively, you know, doing murders in your spare time. Yeah, it would be like if you're like, you know, a detective and uh, you're just committing murders, and then you're trying to convince everyone else that... They, you didn't do it. You have to, you know, convincingly lead them astray. Yeah, you have, like, two distinct sets of, like, uh, quests in each side, but, like, yeah. each one is, like, at odds with each other. Come on, this yeah, is a good game. Yeah, and stuff that you don't remember from your own, like, crime scene from your it's own It's a Jacqueline murder. Hyde kind of thing, where you're both. Yeah. But I think and you, you have know to, like, front really, You have to really remember, like, all the intricate details you put into your plan so you can't yeah. get, like, caught up in the questioning and stuff like that. Yeah, or, or like, reveal that you know too much about the murder already, where yeah. it's like, wait, nobody else would have known that except for the killer. Yes, And then it exactly. puts you in a position where you have to make a choice to, like, kill your detective partner or something. Nice. See? Layton, you can steal this idea as long as you give me credit. That's cool. <laughs> or hire me. It's fine. Either, either way is fine. Let's, Hell yeah. Let's do this. Let's make If this I'm going to be stuck on this island, I might as well just t- shit, some ga- shit some games out. Yeah. <laughs> on like that old computer in your farmhouse that doesn't <laughs> yeah. have internet just has like game maker on it and you can just make some games like this the perfect murder simulator and nobody ever gets to play it it dies with me that's true and it's true oh well i get to play it uh, yeah that, well and then you get true. to take it and you get to show it to the world and be like look at this great game that i made because that's actually the whole ploy behind this whole thing you get all yes. these game developers you get them all with their favorite games that they want to play forever and it's basically like a you know <laughs> a thousand monkeys inspired. at a typewriter and they write yep, shakespeare get, it's that exactly so I get all the creative juices flowing so then when they're stuck on the island it's like monkeys at a typewriter <laughs> yeah you when know. we have liam edwards as true detective the video game you know where it came from yes and yes. you need to go look for me <laughs> This episode is now never going live. <laughs> Rats. <laughs> well, speaking of going live, Layden, we have to send you on your way to your farm. I don't know how we're gonna get there. Maybe uh, the bus, like like the game, or like a like a airplane drop, like the battle royales that Fulbright are making. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Where how are we you dropping? We're it? dropping at Honeyberry Farm. We're, we're dropping oh. at Honeyberry Farm. Meet you at the tilted uh, water tower. In the farm or something. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's do the airdrop because then I can pretend it's like a Survivor Man or Man vs. Wild, except you know I'm in Stardew Valley, so it's it's things true. Are pretty chill. And also, in a weird way, if you're then like halfway through the drop, you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. You could just like just drop. <laughs> yeah, I've got my cool hang glider that's like, shaped like a shark or whatever. Yeah. Well, we got to send you on the way, but before we do. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Leighton. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been so much fun. Yeah, I'm slightly scared you'll kill me, but it's been so oh, much fun. But listen, we have plenty of time before I get to Stardew Valley Farm. That's true. That's true. Wait, that's a bad thing. <laughs> you said this episode's <laughs> never airing, right? Uh-oh. Only I know. Only I have the evidence. And I'm all the way in Japan. I don't think LA County like stretches like their jurisdiction out towards Japan. All right. <laughs> but before you go, Leighton, there is one last question I have to ask you. Yes. And that is, if, you know, we talk about games on Final Games, it's in the title, but if you could take only one 
way of playing games, as in like the console, the way you play games mm-hmm. uh, with you, if you could only take one console with you, bearing in mind like the back catalog of that, the, like the controller, the way you interface with it and all that kind of stuff. Like if you can only take one video game console with you, barring PC, because PC can do everything. All right. Yes. What would you take with you? Um, Nintendo DS. It's a good choice. Yeah, I, I think uh, having a little portable thing, so wherever I am on the island, I can just whip it out and uh, play some Animal Crossing, because that's probably most of what I'm going to be doing. That's fine. Well, you can take that with you, and also if you take a 3DS, you can have New Leaf anyway and feel a bit dead inside. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure at a certain point I'll be like, ah, oh, yes, I welcome the Oblivion. I'm going to catch beetles forever. <laughs> Just the soulless mayor of your own town. Yeah. I mean, Honeyberry town. Yeah, I'll be my own mayor. I'll be my own Tom Nook. I'll be my own KK Slider. Wanted to play guitar. Just get really big <laughs> eyebrows. Yeah. Well, you can do that. <laughs> now we have to send you on your way. Layton, thank you so much for coming on the show today. As I said, it's been thank an you absolute for pleasure. Me. No, yeah. thank you for coming and taking the time to do this. Well, it's been I mean, really, so much fun. thank you for banishing me to this island and fulfilling all of my dreams. So That's true. There you go. We're both equally as uh, supportive of each other's uh, weird, strange outlets on this show. So well, <laughs> thank you so much world. to your dog also for being quiet for the rest of the show. Round of yeah. applause for the, for the dog. <laughs> it would have been good if she started barking right then, but I think she is... Out. That would be perfect. That would be like my magical final game's powers working. It's uh, magic. <laughs> you can just wake so up my dog be- at any time. <laughs> Later, before you go, please tell the wonderful listeners who have listened this far where they can find you on the internet if you want them to find you. And if there's anything like video games of yours, they should be checking out. Um, you know, if you want to find me, just go to the beach, pick up a shell, whisper my name into it and uh the shell is going to whisper back to you your deepest fears and then it'll tell you that my twitter handle is at graylish g-r-a-y-l-i-s-h you can follow me on instagram at butt champs you see lots of pictures of my dog excellent name yes it's good thank you um and you should keep your eyes peeled for fulbright's next thing in a while it'll probably be a while um but it'll be good and I'm also, sure it will um, be. Dream Daddy is coming to PS4 soon, and there's a comic book series out from Oni Press that is really adorable and fun. So if you like the game, you'll probably like the comics, because it's just more of that. It's just more of the same. More of the beautiful dads. Yeah, more dads, more kids, more, more bits, more goofs. <laughs> less murders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, less murders. For sure, less murders. Less murders. Thank you so much, Layton. It's been an absolute thank you. pleasure. And thank you so much to everyone who has listened to this episode of Final Games. As always, you can find the show on SoundCloud, on, on iTunes, Acast, and Stitcher, and all those wonderful places. Of course, if you're on iTunes and all those places, please give it like the five stars and the thumbs up or whatever rating system those places have. It really does help out. You can, of course, find the show on Twitter at Final Game Show. And you can find me at LiamBME. If you like the show, you can also support it on Patreon and patreon.com forward slash Liam Edwards because it's changed from Final Games to just reflect me as a wonderful person who is definitely not a manipulative magic mage who banishes people to strange islands. Please help but us. Thank you. 
<laughs> please if you can us. get to the Patreon, please send help. Yes. Or if you support the Patreon, you are helping to banish more creative geniuses You're all complicit. to an island. <laughs> and then we can all go down together. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of Final Games, and I hope to see you again next time. Thank you so much to Leighton as my guest this week. And until then, goodbye. Bye. Don't murder anybody.